Welcome into this special edition of the Left Turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, we're at Kansas Speedway this weekend. Unfortunately, we do not have access to a, a nice studio. So we're bringing this one to you from my dining room uh, table. Personally, I think this is a much better setup anyways. So fun with me. More, more personable? Yeah, a lot more personable. Um, does it doesn't feel as official? No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, a fun time at Kansas Speedway. Um, a lot of things going on today. It was a long day. I think we got to the track at, what, about 10 a.m. or so, 9.50, and we left there at about 10.45, so a good old 12-hour day at the Kansas Speedway, and the fun is just getting started, and uh, it's been fun so far. And you had your Friday of events. You had two Xfinity Series practices, two Cup Series practices, plus a two-hour-long ARCA practice, and then they're qualifying and their race. And that was kind of the headline of the day was the championship battle for the Arkham Menard Series coming into this one. Christian Eck is just 15 points ahead of Michael Self, both drive for Venturini Motorsports. But Christian Eckes and Self's days, they went completely different sides of the spectrum. If you look at Christian Eckes, not a lot of speed in practice, has trouble in qualifying, ends up going and having to change engines and start at the rear of this field. Michael Self, quick in practice, qualifies second, and then gets out front early in the race. And they came in a 15-point buffer, so it was pretty much a winner-take-all with the way the ARCA point system lines up. And like you said, Michael Self was just so freaking fast in qualifying, um, almost won the pole. Instead, Tanner Gray ends up getting it. Um, Christian Eckes, I think he had originally qualified 11th. They decided to switch motors in that 15 car, which means he went to the back, started 22nd instead of his 11th place spot didn't waste much time getting up front, but uh, when I saw that Self was starting in the front row and Akis was starting in the back, I figured it was Self's race to lose. And then the first half of the race, he showed that it was his race to lose. He had the speed, led the first 50 laps, and it was a Michael Self show until Caution came out. Well, and for Christian Akis, he made his way through the first half of the field fairly quickly, but then he turned and he got to about 8th, 7th. It got a little bit harder to, to pass some cars. And then with with, with Self, there was only a, a couple guys that could keep up with him early on in the race. Tanner Gray, the, the pole sitter, was able to, to keep up with Self. And then Ty Majeski there as well. But those three kind of separated themselves. Riley Herbst was fast but had issues early. And that, that was just kind of plagued him throughout the race. So you looked at Self, and it had the feeling there 20, 30 laps into this one. This race, with only 22 cars starting on a mile and a half, to go the distance without a caution and if that would have been the case i don't think anyone would have caught self but it's racing you're gonna get cautions and we got one on lap 40 yeah and like they were just getting so spread out that you throw out you know if there's not a caution like you said it's, it's over and then i believe it was drew dollar got into the wall it brought out a caution they they pit everyone pit self comes down pit road has a Near flawless pit stop. So does Akis. They come out one two. Akis had trouble on the restart with Travis Braden. Braden actually overpowered him for a while, allowed Self to pull away. Akis finally got second back, but I mean the damage was already done. Self had opened up a big lead. Then Tim Richmond spins around and shakes things back up. And then Akis he he learned from his mistakes on that first restart, took the lead, and it was uh, he coasted from there for a championship. Yeah, and I think that. The two cautions really helped, I guess, because one, you got that one pit stop. It was all the, the, the 
hitting that was necessary in this one. That's, that's generally the way it works in Arky. You try to get around that halfway mark. You come down pit road. Some some drivers further back in the field try to work some strategy. Hope a caution would come out late in the race and try to do some different things. But after that caution, just after halfway with Richmond, it goes green and, until the end. And you, uh, initially you have that battle. One lap is all it took, but they battled hard between Self and Eckes. Kind of banged doors down the back straightaway, but then once Eckes got out front, Self, it just seemed like once he wasn't in clean air, for a while he could keep pace, and then, then you got to the last, last 30, 25 laps, and then that's when Eckes started to drive away. Yeah, he got it down to, it was about three seconds, then he got it down to just under two, and then I think when they crossed the line, it was somewhere between two and three, but Eckes, it just looked like had that better long run speed. Um, you could even see towards the end of that first long run that his car was starting to come to life more, and um, just in a really good ending for the Arca season, and what was a really weird season. You look at their season as a whole, um, Eckes and Self were the only drivers that competed full-time that won races, and Christian Eckes missed a race. Uh, this season was dominated by the youth, uh, Ty Gibbs, uh, Chandler Smith, and then part-timers as well. So a weird ARCA season has a, a good ending, in my opinion. Again, Christian Eckes picks up the win in the Kansas 150, also picks up the championship over his teammate, Michael Self. What do you think's next for Christian Eckes? A lot of people asked him about that. They asked mm-hmm. him in the pre-race press conference. They asked him about that as well post-race. Didn't really give anything away, although there was some notion that, that some guys maybe knew his plans for next year. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a, he's a Toyota development driver. He's with TRD, so you, you have a situation where you, you see Harrison Burton leaving to, to move to the Xfinity Series with JGR. You have an opening now at, at KBM. He's run some some truck races for KBM. It wouldn't surprise me to see Eckes slide into a KBM truck. That's kind of the the route that I think he he goes to. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Michael Self said something in the pre-race press conference that I found really intriguing. He said, I know where he's going, and the team knows where he's going. But I'm not telling you guys. Don't know. Um. So and Michael Self's a guy too. He he was very he made it very well known that his 2020 plans are still kind of up in the air. Um. He gave it his all. I, I I'm sure he was disappointed, but nothing to hang his head from. And just great seasons for both of them. But in the end, Christian Eckes in 18 years, 11 months, and eight days becomes the ARCA champion, the youngest ARCA champion. Um. And I think he's got a pretty bright future. And here again in the Kansas 150, Christian Eckes picks up the win. Michael Self finished second. Ty Majeski third. Brett Holmes fourth. Travis Braden rounds out your top five. Can we acknowledge that, you know, so they both run for Venerini Motorsports, which means they're teammates um, owned by Bill Venerini and his son, Billy Venerini. Can we acknowledge that Billy Venerini sounds like a fun guy after what we were able to observe from the post-race celebration? Yeah. He was he was enjoying it. As much as uh, that whole team was, and and. The, the 20 car actually driven by Harrison Burton here in this one had some, some issues early in the race. That was actually the owner's champion yep. this year, kind of on the back of Chandler Smith throughout the ARCA season. Did Harrison win at Daytona with that car? I think so, but but Chandler picked up yeah. some, some wins, did a lot in that car. So the 20 car was the owner's champion, so tell, celebrating two different championships. And then the, the rest of your top 10 in this one, Tanner Gray finished sixth through Drew Dollar seventh, Haley Deegan eighth, Joe Graff Jr. ninth, and then Gus Dean rounded out the top 10. Sheldon Creed 
Last year's champion came back and, and ran this Arca race. He finished in the 11th position. And there were some drivers that I thought would maybe be more of a threat that had some troubles. Um, Riley Herbst, I don't remember what happened the first time around for him, um, but he ended up having to go down pit road. Then he got caught speeding, kind of ended his day. Then he had a flat tire towards the end as well, um, but was able to, to keep a screen. Harrison Burden hit the wall, and I think lap one or two. And that kind of messed up the handling of the car through throughout the rest of the evening. Then Haley Deegan, they were trying to play some pit strategy and stuff, which would have been fine if she wouldn't have got popped for too fast exiting. Um, so they just they couldn't get anything go their way, but Eckes himself did. And Christian Eckes again picks up the win in this one, also picks up the title in four wins, 13 top five, 17 top tens, a really good season for him on his way to a championship. Yeah, um, that's a championship caliber season. He did all this. After missing a race um, back at, I think it was Salem, he had a, an illness. Uh, I believe they, they related to food poisoning that he sat out. Harrison Burton stepped in, finished fourth. So he left, with the way the Arca system is, he left something like 160 points on the table, was still able to win the championship. To me, that is maybe the most impressive part of of this championship and the fact that a guy like Christian Eckes, who's 18 years old, overcame all sorts of adversity throughout the season, missing a race like that. They had some bad luck towards the middle part of the season. They had you know, a bad run in practice and qualifying, and they were just able to shake things off, and it ended up in a championship. And Christian Eckes, he's won the Snowball Derby. He's won some big events. And he, at the end, he said this was probably the biggest accomplishment of his career just because of that, because of the adversity he had to overcome, come back from missing a race, Come back from, and he said he had, you know, he had trouble at Talladega, big point deficit to, to reel off the consistent runs. They he had. they had seven consecutive top two finishes to end the season. That's I don't care what series you're in, that is pretty unprecedented in my opinion, and um, it's a championship performance. And so the ARCA season has come to an end, and now look to 2020, where NASCAR really yeah. takes over a new schedule. I think it's going to change There's the landscape some... of ARCA a little bit because I think you're going to see some crossover. You've got these traditional ARCA teams, Venturini, and then you're going to have some of the, the old K&N teams. Bill McNally, maybe, for an example. I'm not not sure. but I'm Slide over just, and run yeah. some ARCA races. You may not have the, the crossover for full seasons because maybe like a Bill McNally doesn't want to run the, the Kansas Speedways or the Daytonas, but that, that crossover now where – Canon, what was the old Canon series? Now just going to be Arca East and West, and then the Arca series, all under the same rule package and all ready to go. And I think that'll really help the the, the numbers of this series moving forward. Yeah, you know the Arca schedule is going to go to some different tracks. I know Mid Ohio is on the calendar, um, Bristol, I think Phoenix as well. So I'm curious to see what that does. I I don't think they would take this approach if they didn't feel like it was going to be a good thing. And um, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like in 2020. It will. And, and now move on and, and talk about the other two series. Just practice today on Friday, qualifying and race day on Saturday for the Xfinity Series, qualifying for the Cup Series on Saturday and then the race on Sunday. In terms of the Xfinity Series, practice today, two sessions. And, and both series, just two short 50-minute sessions today. Not a, a whole lot of time to really work on the race car. You had to you 
get everything done quick. You didn't want to have any problems with the short amount of practice time today. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't seem like there were a ton of problems. I know Christopher Bell got in the wall once, but he was still able to post a really fast time. Um, so for the most part, I think everyone uh, escaped, except Bobby Dale Earnhardt. Um, That's the only incident yeah. of the day. Is, is I mean, everyone, the wall everyone except court. him escaped Kansas unscathed, or at least practice. In terms of practice, number one, Cole Custer at the top of the charts, Tyler Reddick second, Ross Chastain third. Ross Chastain, he was one of those drivers that didn't know if he was going to be here at Kansas after one of, of two hauler incidents on the way to the racetrack is a little bit more severe. Ryan Priest, the other one in the Cup Series. But Chastain, they had to, to scramble to get cars for the racetrack, and they unloaded a fast one. And, and that, that shows the testament of college racing that they're able to have those issues and then show up and put that car on the track and go, go third on the board. What a week it's been for that team. You know, there's been some highs and there's there's been some lows. They announced earlier this week that uh, Ross Chastain was going to move over to – the 10 car full time for college racing and a second entry next year. And then you have, you know, the unfortunate circumstances that took place also this week. So um, definitely something you never want to see. And yeah, you look at the Xfinity lineup and you think, you know, this is a track where if one of the big three don't win, I will be surprised. Um, this is a tr- Christopher Bell's won at this track in the past. Tyler Reddick has ran well in the cup series there. Cole Custer has been really, really good the mile and a half. So I think it's one of these three for sure. And Chris Bell, he was fourth in practice number one. Brandon Jones, fifth. Austin Sendrick, sixth. Chase Briscoe, seventh. Harrison Burton, eighth. Noah Gregson, ninth. Justin Allgaier in tenth. And the other playoff driver of those eight, starting the round of eight here in Kansas, Mike Lynette in thirteenth. Yeah, and you look at the playoff picture coming into tomorrow, first race, the round of eight. So you win your race, and you are going to Homestead um, to compete for the championship forward. Right now, Bell, Reddick, Guster, they're all sitting comfortable. But we've seen some crazy stuff in Kansas, so they're not completely safe. We've seen some first lap incidents. We've seen some other things as well. In practice number two, you kind of flip that. Tyler Reddick goes number one. Christopher Bell, number two. Cole Custer, number three. Gregson, four. Allgaier, he was fifth. John Hunter Nemechek, sixth. Ross Chastain, seventh. Ryan Truex, eighth. Austin Sendrick, ninth. Ryan Seek, tenth. Then the other playoff drivers, Michael Annette in eleventh. And then Chase Briscoe, a little bit of a struggle in practice number two, the final practice in 15th. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with Briscoe as well as Custer, Allgaier, and Reddick during the media availability today. We had the opportunity to ask Briscoe about racing at Kansas. So um, let's hear what he had to say. It's fast. It's got a lot of grip. You know, it's one of the places that moves around a lot, which I feel like suits kind of my style. It's, it's a place where we can run on the fence. So I think that's really encouraging for, you know, me personally. So hopefully we can get up there and put on a good show. But this place, yeah, I think it's always a, a good racetrack just because you have options and, um, you know, you can throw slide jobs here as weird as that sounds with, you know, how close we are to the wall. It presents an opportunity to do that. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we got a good piece and uh, we can go for Again, that was Chase Briscoe talking about a little bit about how the racing takes place there at Kansas Speedway and, and the way multiple grooves and everything play into effect. And I think we're going to see a lot of that come tomorrow. We, we talked to drivers a lot about weather and how that goes with the racetrack and also just that progressive banking Kansas Speedway provides. 
didn't his comments sound like what you would expect from a dirt racer? Absolutely. Def- I mean, great. You know, and I, I can't remember who it was said today that you almost kind of have to have a, maybe it was a Keselowski. It was Brad what, Keselowski. You know, you almost have to have a, a dirt racer mentality to, to be able to, to use the cushion or to make your car go wherever. And, um, yeah, Briscoe, I think Briscoe's 100% right. Yeah, Kansas Speedway is one of those racetracks as well, especially in the, in the daytime, because you go back to the spring race, not only was it a night race, but it was cold. I remember yeah. it, it was a colder night. It was kind of an, an odd spring night where it was colder than normal, and that produced a lot of mechanical grip in the racetrack. We, we also heard that word thrown around a couple times today. They're going to lose a little bit of that come Sunday because right now a little bit sunnier, hotter than it was in the spring. So you, the track temperature is going, going to come up, so you're going to have to search around the racetrack. And to, to talk about that point is being able to run different lines – not only to gain speed if you're behind, but also you may have to get out of your preferred line because at any point you could be running the bottom, and I think it'll go run to run. At the start of the run, it'll be on the bottom. Some guys go to the top, but by the end of the run, a lot of drivers will be at the wall. We've kind of seen that before in the fall, and it'll continue going that way, but you may be running the bottom. It may feel good. You may be leading, but all of a sudden someone third, fourth, fifth is going to jump to the top grab that that you know proverbial cushion up there with that that air bubble between the wall and the car they're going to grab that pick up a ton of speed and then all of a sudden the leader if you want to hang on to the lead you're gonna to have to go to the top as well if you want to want to keep it yeah and you know both the xfinity and in cup practices were kind of a little bit later in the day than they'll be running so you don't know how much of a factor that's going to be i mean the cup practice was literally going on as the sun was going down i think the xfinity practice started at Five, I believe. I can't remember. They, they had an evening one, but the uh, Xfinity was the first of the NASCAR yeah. series to get on track right at about race time. So that was their their best situation there. But the Xfinity series is going to be a little bit different. Right now, you know, when we're recording this, it's supposed to rain. See if, if it does, how that, that affects the racetrack tomorrow. It's supposed to be cooler. It's supposed to be cooler on Saturday. So. And this is supposed to be a rain that should be gone by race time. It's not anything just, that... Just clean the track yeah. off all the rubber that was put down tonight, which anyways, with ARCA running, it, it might be a good thing because they have general tire rather than Goodyear. You get that different rubber compound. So it might be a good thing that, that the track's green. And the only thing is the first time you hit the racetrack, if it does happen to rain... It's qualifying. There's no practice tomorrow. There's no morning sessions. It's, it's it's Xfinity qualifying, cup qualifying, and then you go into the Xfinity race. We saw last year lap one was crazy. Um, was it Christopher Bell? I can't remember. Custer get caught up in it too? My my memory's escaping me. Um, I remember Bell getting caught up in it, and you never know what's going to happen, and lap one could be crazy again. Again, this is the beginning of that round of eight. Kansas. Kansas. Texas and Phoenix, the, the three tracks for the Xfinity Series, they won't be racing at Martinsville. Not this year. Not this year. They'll be on the schedule next year. I think it's the cutoff race next might be. year. I'm pretty well, sure. I give the, the, the current standings. You can take care of that. Yeah. Christopher Bell will come into this one with a 48-point cushion. Cole Custer, a 36-point cushion in that two-slot. Tyler Reddick in that third slot at plus 30. And then it gets interesting after that. Austin Sender, three above the cut line. Justin Allgaier, three below. Chase Briscoe, four below. Michael Annette, eight below. And Noah Gragson, 12 below. And you're able to, to talk to some of these drivers about those cushions. You talk to Tyler Reddick, and, and 
he, he likes it, but it doesn't really matter because you don't need to accumulate it. He was saying, he said today, and then you don't have to accumulate any more playoff points because if you win, you just go to Homestead and none of that matters anymore. So take the cushion, but go out and win so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I heard some really interesting stuff, you know, in terms of playoff drivers. Tyler Reddick had a really intriguing quote to me when someone asked him, you know, how conservative are you going to be or how aggressive are you going to be? And he said, well, instead of being my usual 130% aggressive, I think I'll only be 100% aggressive. Um, And then Justin Allgaier talked about how winning now would be so much better than winning at, say, Texas or Phoenix because you've got two weeks to get ready for Homestead. Um, Attracted is in some ways similar to Kansas. Um, And then Cole Custer, he comes in with a little bit of a buffer right now, I think plus 36 above the cut line. He's ran well in the mile and a half this year. We had the chance to uh, ask him really about how he felt with this um, playoff at the same buffer. Time, and here's what he had to say. Happen, so you kind of got to still stay on your game and make sure you hit all your marks and can't underestimate anybody because everybody's going to step their game up. So I think, you know, we're in a good spot, but we got to make sure we stay there. And that was Cole Custer on his, his feelings around his playoff buffer. And, and that, that 36-point buffer, I think that's a, a – Three races, it's good enough that you have some room for an error or two. It still isn't enough, especially now that it's just eight drivers battling for four. You've still got to put together, you know, solid top tens. But it's enough that you don't have to go out and you don't have to go out and win. Don't really need top fives, but stage points and, and top tens each week is really where he's at. Yeah, and he's run well at all three tracks that are, are on the docket for um, the the round of eight. But I kind of thought what he said was interesting because you have know, to go and win it, but you can't go out and lose it either. So I don't know. It's I, I think it's a big three, and then I don't know. After that, this could maybe be the week that Chase Briscoe punches his ticket to the championship for. Um, Justin Allgaier hasn't ever really shown a ton of success at Kansas, but you know he's going to be up there competing. Um, and then Noah Gregson's a wild card. So who knows? Xfinity race is uh, going to be interesting. That is tomorrow at – what time, Jacob? Two o'clock. So two, two o'clock. o'clock start, so. start on a Saturday. They'll qualify at 11.05. So it'll be a little bit cool during qualifying, a little bit warmer when we get to the race. But again, uh, the coolest of the three on-track days is set to be Saturday. So they will have to deal with that again. Kansas Lottery 300, Saturday, 2 o'clock. With you and I, we'll, we'll have coverage of that race. And again, we're, we're able to be there this weekend other series on track was obviously the monster energy nascar cup series the cutoff race for the round of 12 to set the round of eight ryan blaney kyle larson the two drivers that have been able to lock themselves into that round of eight everyone else trying to to have an opportunity find a way into the round of eight not locked in yet the bubble is interesting because no one's really in a, in a situation where they have to win, but also no one's in a situation where one or two positions is going to make the difference. It, there, there's there's those gaps. They're not crazy gaps, but they're they're comfortable gaps for the guys seven and eight being Kozlowski and Logano. You have some some room, but it's still not comfortable. Yeah, I mean, something goes awry with, with Keselowski or, or Logano, and, and they're on the outside looking in all of a sudden. William Byron has a good day, or um, Clint Boyer, who's racing in his home track. They have a good day, and all of a sudden they could be right there in the mix of it as well. So definitely nothing is guaranteed this weekend. And we talked about this, two short practice sessions today. One, 
as the sun was going down into nighttime, one during the afternoon. So one that, that played a pretty decent, gave the, the teams a good idea of, of track conditions at race time. But we saw a lot of mock runs during that run. It was the second practice of the day where we saw a lot of drivers with the, those long runs. We, we were able to, to watch that practice and, and big groups of cars kind of getting some drafting practice went in. three wide a couple times. Yeah, I think it was just a situation where the, the conditions, it started getting cooler. It started playing more towards that, that spring race. And we've seen with this package, this package likes more mechanical grip. And I think Brad Keselowski even said that. Yeah, he did. You want to hear from him? Let's do it. All right, yeah, let's hear from Brad Keselowski. Spring winner, winner at Kansas. Again, that race ran at night. A little bit cooler temps when we're looking like for Sunday's race. Here's hear what he had to say with how he expects things to go. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting that the day versus nighttime races, there was a, a good point in time where I felt like, um, you know, with the rules package, the low down force and all those things, the racing was better during the day uh, because the cars slid around more and, and, and did all those things that uh, made it for multi-grooves. Uh, now it's almost the opposite. I feel like uh, the racing with the 2019 rules is better at night when the track has a lot of mechanical grip. Uh, because you can draft and you can run close to um, you know, kind of wide open and use the different lanes in the corners. So, and in the spring, the racetrack really came to us during the night when it gained a lot of grip uh, and we were able to draft um, and, and then run multiple lanes through the corners. So, um, certainly going to be a different race. Uh, time will tell what we have, but uh, we'll, we'll do the best with what we got. Again, that is Brad Keselowski on the, the differences in weather conditions, day versus night. Again, this will be a day race. Sun will be out, a little bit warmer conditions. And I thought it was interesting, you know, going back to teams deciding that first practice, a little bit more single car runs, maybe some mock runs in terms of qualifying, and then the later practice as it, it got darker, you get in a situation where we saw a lot more long runs, a lot of uh, drivers out there finding that handling on the race car. Throughout the day, we did see the track widen out, so a lot of drivers running different lines as well. And I think the interesting there is a 1.30 start time for the Cup Series. So that may come into play by the end of this race. We have seen the, these races. You, you see some cautions sometimes. Last year in the fall, that wasn't the case as it ran pretty smooth. But if it goes a little bit longer, you, you get to maybe not quite as, as deep into the evening as this practice session, but you could end up with, with cooler temperatures later in the race. Yeah, I mean, it's October in Kansas, so, I mean, it's it, it could end up being 10 degrees cooler than the weather is calling for then. So, it'll be interesting. I just, I, I find it hard to believe, but I won't complain that we're talking about that it could be warmer in October in Kansas than it was in May. That's a that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it's a great thing. Um, but yeah, and two practice sessions today for for drivers to get dialed in. None tomorrow, just qualifying. That's all these drivers get before the race on Sunday. Going into that race, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, again, they're locked in to the round of eight. Denny Hamlin's plus fifty six, so he's gonna have he, he will probably be locked in after stage one. A lot of bad has to happen for him not to move on. Martin Truex Jr., he's plus 48. Kyle Busch, plus 41. Kevin Harvick, plus 36. Brad Keselowski, plus 20. Joey Logano, plus 18. Alex Bowman, 
minus 18, Chase Elliott minus 22, Clint Boyer minus 24, and then William Byron's down 27. But in terms of Ryan Blaney, similar to Kyle Larson, locked into the next round. Don't really have to worry about Kansas, and that allows you some, some opportunities to maybe play around with some stuff. Yeah, his focus now shifts to, to Phoenix, where he led the most laps at um, earlier this year, but before I think finishing third. Texas, he finished second at a track very similar to Kansas. So you think maybe that 12 team, you know, throws a sink at things, you know, tries to find something that'll work for Texas. Um, that doesn't sound like it's really going to be the case for Ryan Blaney this weekend. And what are a few things, you know, practice. We don't get a lot of practice. I mean, you know, we only have two today. That's about it. So uh, for that is it. And, uh, not very long either. Just the way kind of the practices are nowadays. Uh, maybe you, you mock up a couple things at the race shop. Maybe you try. If you get decent in practice or maybe if you're way off, you kind of try some stuff. But uh, not a ton of things we're trying. Um, you know, you try to want to, you kind of want to, just work on what you guys know and, and see where your speed's at. Um, and if, I feel like if you think your speed is competitive in practice and if you have time, maybe you try something else. But uh, it's not like we're, we're not really on a science project this weekend. You know, you just try to still be really competitive. Um, you know, but you might try a couple of different things, just a different way. But there's no, no science parts and pieces that we're throwing on this weekend. Again, that was Ryan Blaney on how he's going to tackle Kansas being locked into the next round. And, I think that that always when you're able to lock into the next round, it it helps you out, especially one thing we weren't able to ask him that that now comes to mind is how does a team, you've got one car locked into the next round, and then your other two team cars, seventh and eighth, they're the ones on the bubble, plus 18, plus 20 in terms of Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano. So if an Alex Bowman or a, a Chase Elliott who... We saw Bowman run really well here in the spring. Chase Elliott won this race one year ago. You get in a situation where now does Blaney try to help his teammates out? You get in that game. But for Joey Logano, he's in a weird situation where plus 18, you feel pretty good with that margin. But then there's also always that that concern if someone gets the win. Yeah, Joey's not used to being the hunted. He's normally the guy that goes out there and is aggressive. We saw that a couple years ago at Kansas, and the end result was Matt Kenseth spinning, Joey winning, and then Matt Kenseth getting the last laugh of Martinsville. So um, there's a fine line Joey's going to have to try to work this week to kind of be aggressive and conservative at the same time. And, you know, he was asked about that Friday, and here's what he had to say about that fine line. Very good tip tower. Uh, <laughs> more of an aggressive uh, style has worked for me in the past, so uh, I don't change my style very much from track to track, only, only when it's necessary. Uh, but I do think this is a racetrack that it does reward the smart racer, but it also rewards the, the aggressive racer um, in a lot of ways. You know, you want to, you can't be scared to make moves on the restarts, but you don't want to just make moves to make moves. A lot of times you see drivers do that. that uh, on restarts, they, they take the run that's ahead of them, but it doesn't mean they actually went anywhere. They may went somewhere for a corner and then lost five spots on the straightaway. Uh, you know, those are the things you got to really look out for. Just like that was Joey Logano discussing, and that that line will have to, to play between protecting that point gap, but also staying aggressive so he doesn't get caught out if, say, an Alex Bowman or a Chase Elliott win. We talked about they're really good here. It, they, they like this place. Chase Elliott's won here. Alex Bowman's gotten close. And now you, you turn and you look at someone like Alex Bowman who 
he sits 18 back, so it's the reverse situation from those Penske cars. Is He doesn't necessarily need to go out and win, but he needs to pick up stage points in stage one, probably a seven or eight there, and then another six to eight in stage two, and then, and then bring home a top five in order to, to jump a, a Joey Logano or Brad Keselowski without a win. And he's had some speed lately. Um, I think he was, sec- he was second of the Roval. Top five in Dover, and then he had a lot of speed in Talladega until he didn't um, and got caught up in that wreck while leading, trying to throw a block. But he likes his chances coming into Kansas, um, a track that he ran really well on last uh, time they were there at the second-place finish. And here's what he had to say about coming to Kansas and how well he's ran there. If you had to pick a track to, for us to go run well at um, and it wasn't Chicago, it would probably be here. I feel like uh, we're, we're really confident coming in here, but at the same time, um, it's just tough. We're in a, a bigger hole than we were in going into the road hole by quite a bit. Um, we're we're there against really like last year's champion is, is the next guy in front of us. Um, it's just tough, you know. It's it's um it, it's going to be tough, and to make it without a win would would take a lot. Happen, I feel like so. Uh, we're just focused on going out and uh, hopefully getting the win. There was Alex Bowman again commenting on that, that idea on the other side, the opposite of what Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski have to deal with and going after and, and chasing those points to move to the round of eight and, and you know, racing yeah, he, his he way. He pretty in. much called it a must win for him, um, which. Mathematically, no, um, but some he's going to get a lot of stage points and the other guys get none, um, or it is a must-win. And that, that's where you look at some of the practice speeds today. And, and again, you practice two was more of a, a long-run practice, but you, you did see some guys go out there, maybe run some mock runs. Practice one, it was more single-car runs. Brad Keselowski led practice number one. Eric Amarola second. Daniel Suarez third. Denny Hamlin, 4th, Ryan Blaney, 5th, Kurt Busch, 6th, Paul Menard, 7th, Austin Dillon, 8th, Kevin Harvick, ninth, and then Daniel Hemrick rounded out the top 10. But you look at the Ford camp there in that first practice, different teams for, from two different stables, but four of the, the top five were all Fords. Yeah, it was a pretty Ford-dominant first practice, a little bit more variety in second practice, but uh, Ford's controlled that practice in the, the first one at least. Yeah, the one thing about really both practices, but you look at practice number one, is playoff drivers kind of scattered throughout the charts. It wasn't top-heavy. As you go through the rest of the playoff drivers, Kyle Larson doesn't really have to worry all that much, but was 11th in this one. Joey Logano, 13th. Clint Boyer, 15th in this practice session. Then you go... To some playoff drivers that struggled there in practice number one. William Byron in 20th, Alex Bowman, and we just heard from him, 21st, Kyle Busch, 22nd, Chase Elliott, 23rd, Martin Truex Jr., 25th. So some guys that they're in that first practice had a little bit of work to do. Yeah, and I mean, Martin Truex Jr. is another guy that he's sitting good coming in. Um, not great, but good. Um, if he finishes 25th, 26th, he's probably in, so... And then you look at practice number two, Daniel Hemrick kind of surprised yeah, a lot that, of people. Yeah, I don't know that anyone saw that one coming. And went to the top of the charts early in that practice, stayed there for, for a lot of that practice. Based on his speed, I'm pretty sure he mocked up in that run, a mock qualifying run, 177.8 miles per hour, one of the, the, the fastest lap time we, we saw all day. 
Kevin Harvick second, Kurt Busch third, Brad Keselowski fourth, Ryan Blaney fifth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in sixth, Kyle Busch seventh, Martin Truex Jr. eighth, Daniel Suarez ninth, Eric Almarola in tenth. And your other playoff drivers, Denny Hamlin in the twelfth position, Alex Bowman fifteenth, Joey Logano sixteenth, Clint Boyer nineteenth, Chase Elliott twentieth. William Byron, 22nd, Kyle Larson, 26th. But you look at some drivers, some drivers that struggled in practice one were able to find some speed in practice two. A couple of those drivers below the, the cut line that weren't in either practice was Chase Elliott and William Byron. Yeah, and they are in the same boat as a guy like Truex or Larson. They've got to be in tip-top shape this weekend to, to advance, and that is a, a little bit of a concern not just for them, but but for the Hendrick camp as a whole. And then, and also Clint Boyer, he is below the cut line as well, and he comes to his home track. He, it's well known that this is his home track, and he's another one of those drivers below the cut line hasn't really shown the speed in practice thus far. Yeah, and um, Clint Boyer, of course, was given to the media today, and anytime you get the chance to to hear a Clint Boyer interview, it's great. When you get to hear a Clint Boyer interview in person, it's even better. Um, and he's always good for a sound bite or two or three. And um, he definitely was today. And we had the opportunity to, to talk to him about racing at Kansas and just kind of, yeah, racing at Kansas. So let's hear that. Oh, I, I struggle on some of them. Um, this is one of them. You know, I've it, the weird thing is, is I can come here and, and be just spot on and, and have a really easy weekend and, and be successful in other weekends I just feel like a you know a, a fish out of water the whole weekend you never do get comfortable um, you know we got a, some work to do on our hot ride uh, you know unloading it but you know in the grand scheme of things for the first practice I looked over the sheet and saw a lot of other teams that were racing around struggling so um, again you come here and, and, and you practice in one condition. The wind is a, you know, I'm a Kansas boy, so hey, nobody understands and, and probably has bothered less than me um, from wind. But nonetheless, uh, it was a problem that we all had to manage getting in, uh, you know, in a three and, and uh, managing three and four. So um, that being said, we've, we've, again, we've got some work to do, but I feel like, you know, it's doable. And then the next thing is you get into the race, and for whatever reason, it's always a little bit different than, than what you thought it was going to be through practice. Sessions. Yeah, that was Clint Boyer on racing at Kansas on his general struggles at this racetrack. He, he hasn't found success here like he would. He obviously wants that win at Kansas, but just you've seen him have mediocre runs at this racetrack, and, and so far, based on the speed charts, it's he's got to find something or he's looking at another one like that. Yeah, I mean, he had a good run the last time he, he was here, but statistically, he's kind of struggled there, and um, I know it's got to be frustrating to him. Um, you know, he's got a lot of friends, a lot of family, um, and people that are just Clint Boyer fans from the area that are, that are going to be pulling for him this weekend. And, you know, I asked him about, uh, you know, if coming to Kansas and it being his home track, he's from Emporia, which is, you know, not too far down the road, if it creates any, any distractions or it takes away from his routine. And here's what he had to say about coming home for a race. You get here and, and – uh and I, I'm just proud of this racetrack. I, I'm proud to be, you know, from from here and, and growing up watching this track. Look at every single year I've came back here, there's been something new here from its inception in 2001. People can say all they want about, you know, our sport or where it's at or an opinion here, an opinion there. 
there is not one person in this town or this city or this environment around here um, that will not tell you that the impact uh, was a massive impact that this Kansas Speedway's made in this this county and this area over here. Um, dealerships, you know, shopping mall, go over there and eat. Um, sporting complexes, business, big businesses, uh, water parks, all all because of this racetrack and, and uh, the investment that was put forth. A casino on the back straightaway. There's a lot of change that's happened over the years since 2001. And it, it, it's all about putting the, you know, the puzzle together. And, and this was the first piece that set all that off. And that was Clint Boyer and talking about kind of his pride for, for Kansas there and the buildup around this racetrack. Personally, for me, I remember going out to this racetrack when it was, you, know, you had a couple things out there. I don't remember when it was just the racetrack, but it, it was, you got there. It wasn't this this. What all these other things to do around the track that weekend? It was you go to the race and, and you go home. Now being around here, you kind of take that for granted. But coming in, you can see all these different restaurants, all these different things to do, and I think it really has helped Kansas stay alive it's, and be a great venue for two races a year. And and it's helped the county. It's helped the state. Um, you know the number of employees and stuff they've brought in. Um, and it always has a really good turnout. Um, for someone like me who lives in southwest Iowa, if I want to go to a cup race, Kansas Speedway is the closest one to me, and it's only a two-hour drive. And I know a lot of other people that make the trek from Iowa and Nebraska um, to come down. So it's been a lot of good. I think this is the 19th season of cup racing, something like 34, 35. I'd have to go back and look and see how many cup races they've had. Um, and I, a lot of drivers talked really highly of Kansas throughout the, the day. I know Brad Kozlowski did as well. We heard Alex Bowman's comments. Um, and Clint Boyer, very, very proud, as he should be. Um, and just a fun interview from Clint Boyer. You, you seem to get those. Yeah. Often. The other thing with, with Clint is, is when, when he does come home, you know, there, there's a lot of areas around here, a lot of different things that happen. I know you know, Lakeside Speedway was, was his old racetrack. World of Outlaws were there Friday. Donnie Schatz ended up picking that win, but but guys were, were headed out there to watch that after Cup Series practice. And, and in the past, you have the, these sprint car events at racetracks. The, the Cup drivers go to those as well, whether they're racing or just going out there to watch. And for, for Clint, you're so close. Because Lakeside Speedway, you can hear, if the wind's blowing right from Kansas Speedway, you can hear the racing at that, that racetrack. From my house, I can, I can hear Lakeside Speedway if it's running right you can hear kansas speedway so to, to be so close to kind of where clint boyer got his start and then to see the community kind of grab kansas speedway all the stuff that's built up around it things are still popping up left and right now with, with the legends and then all sorts of other things so i think someone asked today as well is should kansas speedway get you know as the schedule changes you look at these people calling for you know, removals of mile and a half and everyone's kind of like well maybe kansas is the one we still go to twice yeah i think kansas is the one that you definitely go to twice um texas would maybe be my preference i don't know that vegas ever should have got a second race that's just my opinion but i find it hard to believe that um many people will say that kansas should be the one that should be cut a date i mean this race has gotten more exciting year after year it feels like and we will see what comes of this on Sunday again.
qualifying. All that is on track tomorrow for the Cup Series is that that's all they have left. What you learn today is what you learn today. You're not going to learn anything really tomorrow. You just got that 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 one fast lap. You got to put down and get a good starting spot. You're not going to get that the reps you had today. It's again that that qualifying session at 12:35 tomorrow. But we also did learn something else uh, about Clint Boyer as well. And I think for at least you, the soundbite of the day. And probably the the thing Kansas City's most famous about. Yeah, it's it's definitely not baseball because the Royals have been bad. Um, it's barbecue. Yeah, I've heard people try to compare other parts of the country's barbecue to Kansas City's barbecue. I, I'm not even from Kansas City, and I take pride in the barbecue. I had the opportunity to go to Texas here in the last month and, and tried some some Texas barbecue in Dallas. And yes, I am Kansas City biased. I am from here, but I can firmly say Kansas City is better and it is the home of barbecue. And Clint Boyer, you know, now lives in North Carolina. Obviously, they're known to have good barbecue as well. So I was just curious if he was going to consume barbecue this weekend. You know, some drivers are real finicky with their diet. And um, if you ever ate barbecue, you don't always feel the best afterwards. Um, But I just asked Clint Boyer about how he was going to approach Kansas City Barbecue this week, and I figured he would tell me yes, but he told me a heck of a lot more. Let's let's hear that from the energetic Clint Boyer. How much, how much barbecue you will eat? We all eat. This whole industry eats so much barbecue. I'm surprised they're not out because everybody <laughs> looks forward to coming to Kansas City and eating barbecue, and then it's like, the, all right, that's the first night, right? It's like going out in Vegas. You know, you get to Vegas, you blow it out the first night, and you feel terrible for a couple nights, but you don't change the program. It's not like you quit doing the fun things. You just feel terrible doing it the next night and the next night, and then all of a sudden you start feeling better. My point is everybody consumes way too much barbecue the first night, which I will do, and then you won't feel the best because you can't, and then all of a sudden I'll be damned. Saturday night rolls around, what are we gonna eat? Let's eat some different barbecue. And then Sunday night, you get to head at home and you look over on that airplane and guess what we got? A little better barbecue. So I try to uh, divvy it up for sure. I don't think there's any one place that's that's the, the gold standard here. I think it's just Kansas City. All right, so you heard it. Clint Boyer compared barbecue to Vegas. Not something I put on my, my list of things to expect to hear today. I, I didn't expect to hear it either, and, and I wasn't. Uh, it was during one of the, the breakout sessions. I was with another driver. You showed me the video afterwards, and it's just funny. Yeah, it, it, it's classic. I, I, had, boy. I had to ask. I was I was curious, and I kind of wanted some advice too for you know my adventures down the road. I wanted to see if what he thought of barbecue places. I, I liked his answer, and when asked like where he wants to go, it's all of them. Yeah, it doesn't matter, and I kind of agree with that. Each each barbecue place in Kansas City, you're gonna get something different. And it's all going to be good. Yeah, it's hard to find bad barbecue in Kansas City. And I've also learned that you can even go to Chain Barbecue, and it is better in Kansas City than it is everywhere else. I've never, made, like, like Chain Barbecue is not going to be as good as, as the normal barbecue restaurants in Kansas City, but if you get the same Chain here versus somewhere else, it's better here. Kids have ever had Chain Barbecue in Kansas City. 
Because when I come to Kansas City, I'm not I'm not getting chain you barbecue. Here. You don't live here, though. Yeah, I'm I'm going Joe's or Arthur Bryant's. I will say, um, when I went to the NCAA tournament, I love this is a NASCAR podcast has turned into a barbecue podcast. Um, but by the time we're recording this, it's 12:30 at night, and we're tired and probably hungry. Um, when I went to the NCAA tournament in Kansas City, uh, I had the chance to to try some Joe's barbecue. Oh my goodness, it was good. Um, so. Yeah, you can't go wrong with good barbecue, and you're going to find it in Kansas. So that will wrap up our barbecue podcast. Yeah, it was mostly NASCAR. Three minutes of mostly barbecue, 40-some minutes of NASCAR. Plenty of racing this week, and again, Christian Eckes, the ARCA Menard Series champion, and we'll see what his future holds after that championship picks up the win in the Kansas 150 the headline event of Friday practice, two sessions both for the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, took place tomorrow. Qualifying at 11.05 for the Xfinity Series. And qualifying well, by the time this drops. Well, we'll be Saturday. Qualifying yeah. on Saturday. Be, today. Yeah, later this morning. Yeah. Later this morning, the Xfinity Series at 11.05, they'll take to the track. Set a full sitter for their race at 2 o'clock. And then the Cup Series qualifying at 12.30. So a full day of activity. But I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest takeaway from today is today was the track time. Your car's not where you like it. You're going to struggle in the race. You're going to have to take some time to get it there. But tomorrow, today, Saturday, a big day in terms of track position. Get those pit stalls as well. And then the Xfinity race to, to top everything off yeah. at the end of the day. It's going to be fun. We're going to be there all day um, trying to keep everyone up to date on all the happenings at Kansas Speedway. Um, Xfinity race, cup race, or cup practice to get set for the cup race. Um, be sure to give us follows on Twitter if you're interested in into being up to date on everything. He's at Jacob Blair 81 I'm at TrevMater96. So give us a follow. Also, you can follow the Left Turn Twitter handle at the left turn show um so three twitter accounts no reason you shouldn't go follow them and see a bunch of cool stuff tomorrow or later today or just sometime from kansas speedway whenever it comes out yeah and this is this is special edition number one of, of the left turn another one saturday night right another one after the xfinity race special edition number two and then monday from 3 to 4 on X106 Live, we will bring you everything from the Sunday events at Kansas Speedway. We'll have all sorts of, of good, good content on that Monday show. Not to say today or... Yeah, well, we know that one will be Monday. Special Edition 1 or Special Edition 2, we know. 3 to 4 Monday, X106. Trevor Mater. Goodbye. Blair. Gotta and, get the and good night. That too. Well... It's going to be the morning. Yeah, or good I mean, morning. It is the morning. Either now. one. Yeah. Goodbye. That's enough for today. We'll be back with more later. This has been a special edition of The Left Turn.